Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ruvo, Senior Writer for ASI's Advantages Magazine. Today, I'm excited to be speaking to special guest Ryan Sowers. Ryan is the president of Sowers Consulting Strategies. His firm helps companies in the printing, promotional products, and visual communication industries accelerate growth through custom sales and marketing plans. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Great. So today, Ryan is going to share some insights into how you can jumpstart your sales by being a true consultant to your clients. Let's dig into the questions. So Ryan, tell us, what is the difference between selling on price and selling on value? That's a great question, uh, question, Chris. You know, the uh, price value question comes up all the time. And at the end of the day, I like to define value as value is equal to your goods and services plus your price plus you as an individual, what you bring to the table. Price, unfortunately, is just that. Price is a a bid. Price is a number. Price is price. So for people who are out and frustrated and is selling on numbers in today's advent of where they can look up anything, anywhere online, um, we have to add, we have to be bringing value to the table. It's imperative, and it was the subject of my newest book. So um, value is what we bring to the table, all our um, offerings, our company, but our uniqueness and how we differentiate things. Uh, and certainly price is a factor. Uh, certainly price is a factor in everything. But uh, if we're only selling on price, it's just a tough uh, road to haul. I got gotcha. you. Now, now, obviously, you said there you, you can't ignore price. You have to be competitive on it. So with that basic understanding, though, let's look at or talk about, I should say, some strategies that uh, sales professionals in the industries can use to start selling on value. How can, how, how can they start to do that if they're not already? Great question. Um, one of the things I talk about is we all have a brand. In my newest book, Would You Buy From You? We have a brand. And, and our brand as a salesperson is, is, again, it's our uniqueness. And we have to think, we've always thought as marketers or marketers and salespeople or salespeople, and I argue that marketing and sales intersect in 2015 and beyond at a street called brand. And our brand is that whole value we bring to the table. So we have to be able to go in, and whether we're selling brand identity items uh, or a printing company's cross-selling them or an advertising agency's cross-selling them or a marketing firm's cross-selling them, everybody's selling everything to everybody. And we have to be able to go in with enough marketing knowledge, enough value to the client or to the prospect so they say, you know what, that guy brings me something or that uh, lady brings me something that I didn't know. They explain to me there's ad blockers now on my online choices. They explain to me what's the newest in, in radio choices. They explain to me what's going on in billboards. They explain to me why their offerings uh, make a difference in where I spend my marketing budget. And they're not just talking about per unit or, you know, we can get you uh, – you know, in quantity pricing, if if we do X Y Z, I mean, no one no one really cares. They they care about how they can market more effectively and grow their own brand, and that's how they see value. Uh, you know, they see you either as a uh, interactive partner or a transactional vendor, and there's a huge difference. One sitting on the side of the table beside someone if you have value, the other one sitting across the table from someone if they're more looked at as a vendor, and that's all about price. All right, I got you. No, no. One of the things I'm, I'm kind of hearing in what you're saying is, you, you you have to be able to communicate well. It sounds like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know get that information to clients, if you're going to convey your value, if you will. And I know that you have a book, um, Everyone Is in Sales, in which you, you advance this idea that sales is all about effective communication. So in in the modern salescape, you know, what does effective communication look like? 
Great, another great question. You know, uh, I teach business communication to working adults in addition to other things. And, you know, the traditional model we, we all knew of, of, you know, a communicator and a receiver, and, and if we communicate, I, I, my argument in the book is sales is communication. So, I mean, we're all in the communications business, whether our title says sales or not, and people agree with that. Sometimes I don't like the word sales, but communications is sales to me. Um, so, you know, whether we're commuting, com, uh, communicating through email, through text, uh, which have no tone, uh, social media has no tone, um, videos do, uh, people will be listening to this radio and podcast. Uh, there's sound, but there's no, I mean, there'd be no picture. So how we communicate is we've got to be consistent, we've got to be deliberate, uh, we've got to be purposeful, and we've got to be intentional in everything we say, everything we write, everything we do, so that our brand, our company's brand, our individual brand, um, the way we communicate is consistent. And I talk a lot about the, you know, C's of communications, you know, our clarity, our consistency, what kind of content we're putting out, um, you know, all of these things, um, how concise we are, as easy to follow. Because if people see um, um, ambiguous communication, whether they're in person with, a, you know, talking to someone on LinkedIn through a text message, uh, I, I argue that you've got to be consistent and um, really know which channel is the correct channel for what, what you're trying to do. And trust me, I've been the first to tell you, you know, if you pick the wrong channel, which I've certainly done, it can blow up in your face. And, and it's just imperative not to use email or texting just because that's at our fingertips because there may be another choice is a lot better uh, and the human touch still greatly matters. All right. Um, another idea you kind of raised there is this idea of of, of brand and, and being consistent with brand. Why is, is, is a salesperson's personal brand so important today? Personal brand is so important because at the end of the day, um, as I alluded to earlier, the person is not buying a pen, a bag, a, uh, a magazine, or what, whatever it is a person's selling, uh, a brochure, uh, uh, you know, um, anything that could be um, imprinted with their name. They're not buying that. That, that, is a, that is a tangible transaction that has to be done to suffice a need for somebody's trade show or their conference, and another person happens to have those products. There's a trillion places to buy them from. At the end of the day, their brand yeah, I define your brand as your baseline of your reputation, your attributes, your name, and your distinctiveness. Um, when they see you and the, the, you know, the end of the day, the authentic, creative approach uh, with passion and, and built on trust is what a brand's about. And if you don't have that or try to fake that or try to gimmick your way through that or try to use all these techniques that sales trainers use, can they be effective? Yes. But at the end of the day, what people want are real people that are genuine. And I can just tell you my career for 20, you know, 20 plus years as a salesperson or executive in sales or running my own companies, they don't, you can screw up, you can do whatever, I screw up all the time, but they want to see the humanness and the realness and the authentic behavior. Even when you screw up, that's what the brand is about. So it needs to be consistent so they feel like they're buying from a human, not some trained robot who knows all these techniques. And that's just imperative uh, in today's world. All right, um, you, you almost kind of anticipated my next question, which is, you know, <laughs> what are what are some mistakes that salespeople in the in the promotional products industry should avoid when it comes to developing a, a personal brand? I guess I guess being a a fakey pants might be might be one of them. But what are, <laughs> yeah. what are what are what are some other things along those lines? 
Well, you know, again, being I've spoken at so many uh, promotional product shows and conferences and stuff, you know, I hear the same stories, and, and, and people mean well, but they, they've learned things like body mirroring. You know, yes, do people like to sit the same way you do? And, and, you know, sure, we're humans. We like people that relate to us, but we don't need to overdo it. Or we don't need to repeat, hey, Ryan, it was so good to hear that uh, radio interview, Ryan, and Ryan, you know, we're really interested, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yes, people like to hear their name. We, we all know that. <laughs> right. But, you know, I mean, these things are ridiculous, and they're – they're they're done in a manner that just completely or the or the power handshake where it's mm-hmm. the death grip handshake or right. the heavy cologne or you know the wink like in the old Seinfeld show you know we we get it we, we're trying to build a relationship but it comes across absolutely totally lacking trust whether a person selling uh, realizes it or not and um, quite frankly I find that most people are not aware of what they're doing they think that's going to help them grow their numbers and maybe in the short term they get a sale but they're not going to have a raving fan they may have a satisfied client for a while but not a raving fan for a lifetime okay all right i got you um now uh, switching gears a bit um even the best sales pros people who have done a good job of of building their brand they they run into objections nowadays like you know i can get this cheaper online it's it's the dreaded phrase that we hear in this industry so how do you overcome an objection like that particularly an, an objection to hey i can get this online Good question. Uh, I, I won't name, and I'll try my best not to name the social media outlet, but a major, major social media outlet that I use for one of my businesses, online outlet, um, you know, I use that for my business. And let's say you buy something online. Here's the problem. There's really, yes, they may have customer service and whatever, but at the end of the day, these businesses, whether they're business card printers or social media companies, they're built to not have emails. They're built not to have phone numbers. They're built on efficiency. So when I got locked out of my own major social media account, I had to prove my own identity. Literally could not email, could not call, could not get to a human being, had to call some of my uh, colleagues that are global marketing gurus to find out a person in this company mm-hmm. that possibly could do and you know, help me inside to get my uh, own account uh, unlocked. And my, my point of saying that is I gave him my driver's license even, but there was no human being. Mm-hmm. So... I think we have to recognize, sure, uh, we have educated buyers buying things. And then the younger, you know, we have four demographics in the workplace right now. The younger it is, they know what the price points are, they've looked it up. But we have to go in and say, that's true, and you can do that. And we don't, we, we, we think that is a very good price. But here's what we offer, here's what that is. If the person point blank says, all we care about is price, you're fighting an uphill battle. Okay. I mean, the bottom line is, there are some people like that. And then I wouldn't spend a lot of time on this. On the other hand, if a person says, well, this is important, but we'd like someone to be with us and educate us and advise us, then we find out, here's what we're worth. Here's that little extra part that we're worth. You know, it's not going to be at $2.07 mark. It might be $2.15. But look what you get, and you get this, and we stand behind it and look at our history and look what we're going to do for you, and here's what we've done you know, for other people. And generally, you know, if a person's interested in value, like we spoke of earlier, they're going to say, you know, that's not that big a difference, and they're going to say, well, we'll pay the difference. But again, if they're only interested in price, and there are many people that are, uh, you know, I don't know how low can you go. Keep going. It's a zero-sum game unless you're, you know, a company that can afford to do that, which I don't know many that can. All right, I got you. Now, it's it seems like part and parcel with communicating um, what you bring to uh, to the table that's in addition to just the price would be, you know, in order in order for uh, the client to believe that you're going to deliver such things, you have to establish trust with them. So, so what are some effective strategies for building trust with prospects and clients? It starts with good question. It starts with the the, the basics. I mean, all 
transactions are based upon trust. That's the fundamental part of my new book. At the end of the day, if someone painted your house, if you have a dentist that you like, would you refer them to your family or friends if they were bad? Absolutely not. I mean, would you refer them if they were even somewhat good? No. They have to be someone you completely trust. How does that start? It starts with the simplest things. If you say you're going to follow up next Wednesday, follow up next Wednesday. If you say you're going to, you know, when, do you, when, when can you meet, be on time. Um, if you say you're going to follow up in three weeks after they ask you to, make sure you do it. Those little things, just like if you were dating someone, you start building trust to say, hey, is this person I'm going to get, get serious with dating? Because you see their behaviors. You watch uh, human behavior, and little trust steps are built along the way. So they may say, hey, you know, we have this small job. We don't have anybody else to do it. We're, we're, we need it in 48 hours. Can you help them? If you can step in and execute, not shoot yourself in the foot, it's a great way to build trust. You may not make a dollar on the job. But if your end game is to build that trust in that relationship, it's worth taking on for the long game. Albeit, many salespeople will take on anything, and they don't have a long-term plan of why they're taking it on, and the, and the downside could be could be bad with losing money on it or, or breaking even. So trust starts at the hello and the handshake and never goes away and is built, and it can be destroyed, as we all know, in an instant. Mm-hmm. All right, with that, with that in mind, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here with this last question. Just um, what, is, what, what would you say is the main takeaway that, um, that sales professionals in the industry should, should, should take away from our discussion today? What, what, what would, if there's one point that sticks in mind? I think today's sales professionals realize three things. One is we're in a constantly connected world. Our world is bombarded with information to, to the point where no one, everybody says, I'm slammed, I'm drowning, I'm buried, I'm coming up for air. We have to get through that noise. Whoever gets through the noise the best in the most, what I call passionate, authentic, creative, and, and trustworthy way, a packed PACT is going to win. Secondly, you've got you to look at someone deep, Y-level, W-H-Y, under the iceberg needs. What, what's really driving them? What's real, why, are they, why are they ordering these products? What are they for? How can we meet and make their life easier, solve their problem, truly take time, even though we're slammed and buried, to listen to them and make their life easier for their family, for their boss, for their job? And then, uh, you know, finally, you know, again, it comes back to that brand. Uh, do they see us and think of us and go, hey, we have an issue. John's our guy. That's the first guy we call. Or John's just as good as the other 15 people that have dropped off stuff at my door. And how we communicate our consistent clarity, uh, conciseness, and, and um, uh, throughput with our good content and information uh, makes our value, makes our brand stand out in this busy, constantly connected world. Awesome. All right. Well, great stuff, Ryan. We're really appreciative that you were with us today. That was Ryan Sowers of Sowers Consulting Strategies. If you want more insights from Ryan, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Ryan Sowers. And check out his website, ryansowers.com. That's R-Y-A-N-S-A-U-E-R-S.com. I'm Chris Rubo. This has been the Strategy Session Podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.